take your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, uh, this morning I, I shared with the church that uh, uh, the message, basically our attitude towards a changing world and uh, what should we should be doing about it rather than just getting upset about it. And um, I, I don't know if I can't remember if I shared with you guys this morning or not about that, but I, I, I put my message together a week ago because we had Bible school. And it's neat to see how I didn't even know the decision was going to be made this week, and, but God did, and God knew what I needed to share with the church, and that's, that's just how awesome our God is. Um, but also, the Lord put this message on my heart over a week ago, and I, if I'm going to tell you why I'm preaching it, I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm starting with me. Um, there, there's often times that we can preach like crazy about sins of the world. We, we, can, we can watch the news and flip through there and see what's going on and just one after another saying this is ridiculous, this is crazy. You guys realize that just because the world has these big obvious sins doesn't mean that we don't struggle with sin just as much in the walls of this church. And sometimes we put sins into categories and we think that that sin is far worse than maybe the sum of the sins that we have. And we can, we can justify it and all these things, but when you lay it out, you look in Scripture and say, oh, wait a minute. God says, I've laid these things out because I want you to get your heart right as well. Now, I'm, I'm going to preach tonight just because the Lord laid this on my heart about the sin of bitterness or, or breaking free from bitterness. Because I promise you, this is one of those things that we all have. And the more I got into this, the more relevant that I realized that this is towards all of us. Now, I'm going to read a couple of verses just because I want you to get the layout of this. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.17, now, now the Spirit of the Lord... Now, the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord it is, there is liberty. That word liberty right there means freedom. It literally means that God said, I have, when I came inside of your life, I broke you free from those sins. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that there is no sin, there is no power greater than what lives inside of me. And later, we read in Romans, the Bible says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey the lust thereof. Literally saying that we can be, allow sin to come in our life where it controls us. I'm talking about believers to where you are, you are altering your attitude or your direction, your heart, your love, whatever, because of a sin that we've allowed to take the reins of our life. And it affects our families, it affects our witness. Now, I mean, I'm going to give you a silly illustration, but I want you guys to hang in because this is, this is a, a dumb illustration, but it is absolutely the same application. I, I've gotten to the point where I'm, and I've, I've shared with this years ago, and I still feel the same way. I've gotten to the point where I strongly do not like Walmart, okay? I'm just, I'm just confession time right now. I don't like Walmart. And uh, it, it, used to be, it used to be a date night for me and Jen. Now we don't do that anymore. I'm kidding. And uh, I, it got to the point where I, I've went, gone in there and I, I can't find anything and it's, it's out of order. And, and I, I've literally looked out and I'm thinking, wow, they have like 50 registers. I don't know why they have 50 registers because they only like to open up two of them at a time. I don't, you know, and, and it's just little things like that. And now, to be honest, the more I'm talking, I'm probably in some of you stirring up some angered feelings inside of your heart. And we're like, yeah, we're all going to not like... Walmart after this. The, the, the kids will tell you, Jen will say to me, hey, would you mind stopping in Walmart if they're with me? And they're, they're like, Dad, let me guess, you got to go to Walmart. It's like, I don't like Walmart. We know, Dad, you don't like Walmart. And, then, and it just stirs up this whole thing that I, I have going on inside of me. 
And, and the whole time that I'm driving to Walmart, I'm bumbling and I'm thinking, well, I hope we have an extra 30 minutes because I'll have to check out. Da, 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 you know, and I'm just going through this whole thing. You don't have to wonder how I feel. Do you know why? Because out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth's going to speak. It comes out. It's the same thing if you guys have ever gone to a restaurant and you got bad service or you had bad food or, or the waiter was really bad or whatever it was. You sit there and somebody else brings up that restaurant. You, you're automatically, gonna, out of your mouth, going to be like, well, I'll never go back there again. Well, if, you're, if we're all going to eat there, I can tell you I'm not eating tonight. Da, 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 da. You know why you're saying that? Because somewhere along the line, you got burnt, you got hurt, and it, it got into your heart and mind. And now every time somebody pushes that button, you automatically spew it out of how you feel. Let me explain what those things are. That is called bitterness. And let me tell you, all of us as Christians, I'll tell you, this is Sunday night. I'm talking to my family here as a church. I know you guys. I know myself. There's not one of us that have not or is not currently dealing with bitterness. How do you break free from this? It is a sin. The Bible says in Proverbs 14.10, The heart knoweth his own bitterness, and a stranger doth not intermeddle with his joy. Does someone know, you know what the Bible is saying? The Bible is saying, you know yourself, you know your heart, you know those things, those topics, those people, those subjects that come up that just stirs you up. And while we're on the subject, let me tell you guys right now, with the whole thing that's going on with our nation right now, it can make us very bitter. And you can say it could stir us up, it should stir us up. But the Bible says, and we'll get into it, about be angry and what? Sin not. Be angry, be stirred up, be fired up. But all of a sudden, we get to get to the point where that bitterness is so welled up inside of us when we have the attitude of, we ought to move to Canada and all this other stuff. I mean, it just it swells out of us. And all of a sudden, we have totally lost our witness because we've allowed bitterness to take over. Now, let me break this down because, first of all, we're going to sit there and go, oh, praise God I don't suffer with, with bitterness. Let me, let me go back to the birth of bitterness. Let's go back to the beginning. Here's how it happens. First of all, it always starts small. This is how Satan works. It does not take much for you to get bitter at somebody. It starts off really small. All it takes is for somebody to come past you or somebody to make a comment, a, a, a phrase or whatever. They say something and you take it and all of a sudden you walk away and you're being like, what do they mean by that? What, what, why, did, why did she say that? You get in the car and you're talking to your spouse and you go, what, what do you think they meant by that? I don't know, I just, I didn't like her tone, I didn't like his tone, I didn't like his attitude, I didn't like, and all of a sudden, it doesn't start off very big, it just starts off small. A comment, we start saying things like, who does she think he is, or like, she's perfect, or her kids are perfect, or whatever it is, or maybe they do say something wrong to you, maybe it's a totally wrong attitude, it's not that you took it wrong, or they meant it wrong, no matter what it is, let me tell you guys, when that happens, the devil is always behind it, always behind it. Now let's get in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. And I want to work through these verses because it just lays this out very clear. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. The, the meaning here is never saying never to get angry. Because the thing is, Jesus got angry when he walked into the temple and they did. What did he do? He started turning over the... The, the tables. Let me tell you guys, there is such a thing as having a stirred up emotion. If somebody came and started picking on your wife, there ought to be a stirred emotion inside of you. To, to see the White House like we did and to see the nation all that, to sit there and be like, ah, oh, who cares? I mean, there's something wrong with that. There, it ought to stir up. 
But when we start harboring or we start getting mad or we start slandering and all those other things, that's when it's turned into sin. The the, the whole anger thing of our nation right now should be like, let's reach more, let's preach harder, let's disciple, let's go out from it. It ought to change us from the inside to where the the anger that's stirred up in us causes us to do right, not wrong. But the Bible explains that it always starts off small. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Because all of a sudden, within that day, get this, within that day, I'm not talking about I've been mad at my mom and dad for 20 years or whatever it is, and I've heard stories like that. People that have said, I've, I've written off so-and-so. I, I don't talk to so-and-so anymore. This isn't talking about a 20-year vendetta against somebody. This is talking about don't let the sun go down. You know what it's meaning? When that problem started, when it started, when it's that big, Do not let the sun go down upon your anger or your wrath or your vengeance upon that person. It starts off small, but then it always grows. Because the Bible says, let not the sun go down in your wrath, verse 27, neither give place to the devil. You know what it's saying? If you do not learn to deal with whatever you were upset about, you may as well understand this because you sleep on it. You wake up and that boils in your heart. You may as well say, hey, Satan, why don't you come in and hang out with me for a while? Because this is what happens. He steps into your life the whole next day at work. You leave that family function. You leave that mother-in-law, the father-in-law. You leave VBS with whoever you were working at. Whatever the situation is. And the next day, all day long, as you're driving, running the vacuum cleaner, you know, you're working, whatever, it's like, you know what, she's not perfect, and he doesn't, and it just runs, and Satan's walking right there. That's what it means, don't give the devil opportunity, because you didn't get it right, because you didn't ask questions, because you didn't come back on it. You allowed the devil to walk around that house with you saying, you know what, they always have done that. I remember, you remember that other time they did that? And all of a sudden, it begins to grow in our life. The devil works on our minds, and then it goes from there where it spreads, it eats us up. It, it begins to affect every part of us. Have, have, have you ever realized that your spouse or whoever will come up to you and say, what's wrong with you? Or what, what are you upset? I'm not upset. You know, you know how they do. I'm not upset. You turn around and say, that's you. You know what it is? You are upset because all day long you've pondered upon that problem. Upon that, that, that loved one, that neighbor, that friend, that person at church. You've been working up yourself. You're already fired up and you take it out on other, other people. I don't know if you guys are like this. In our family, we don't do a, a lot of pop and stuff like that in our house. We're, we, we do a lot of water, but to, we've gotten this habit where we do lemon water. We always have either sliced lemons or the lemon bottles in there. And you know what I've realized? I can take a bottle of water and I can take that lemon juice. And I can open that up and I can just put a, I mean, just a drip. You guys know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't, I'm not trying to make lemonade, but you just take a drip of it and you put it in there and it flavors the water. But within seconds, that drip can affect the entire bottle. And, and I've learned that about bitterness. When you get upset with somebody, you, you put that in there before long, it affects every aspect of you. Your, your witness, your attitude, your joy, how you feel about that person, it gets into you. And let me say, that's exactly what the devil wants. We go from the, the birth of bitterness to the effects of bitterness. Because I promise you, it takes an effect on you. And, and, and you, you find yourself not talking to that person. Watch what happens. That person that you have that little, I wonder what she meant by that, or even, I, I'll tell you, one, one of the problems that we have today with this, just being transparent and honest, is the digital age in which we live. 
Because you can't always figure out what somebody means and how they were feeling when they were meaning something to be a joke and they text or they email or they post something or whatever. And we get fired up going, I wonder. And they, they didn't mean anything by it. But you took it just because they did not put a smiley face or a winky face or they didn't finish with LOL and all of a sudden they must have been mad. They must have been upset. I, I, I told my class the other day, I said, when I first started texting, I didn't know all caps meant that you were yelling. I didn't know that. I just thought that you could read it better. So I was saying, I'll be home at 9. And she was like, why are you yelling at me? I didn't know I was yelling. How do you yell in a text? But I was yelling. You, you can't interpret those things. But, but let me tell you, it begins to have an effect on us. And you, 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 all of a sudden, you're avoiding that person. You're throwing comments out and you're avoiding them at church. You find out they're signed up to do something. You're not going to sign up to do it with them. You're mad at them. You don't even know why anymore. But all of a sudden, that begins to spread in your life. And Satan would like to tell you that it does not matter. You know what? I mean, you, you come to that and somebody says, man, what, what are you upset at? No, I'm not upset. You know that you are. And we push that off like it's no big deal. And I promise there's been a lot of good families that have been destroyed from stuff like this. There, there's daughter-in-laws and son-in-laws and, and family members and grandchildren that don't even talk to their grandma anymore. All these different things that have caused total division. And if you were to trace it all back because grandma was concerned about a child or a loved one or whatever and it says, and they mentioned something that caused division because that bitterness creeped into your life and affects every bit of you. Ephesians 4.29 read with me. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. I want you to go to that list in verse 31. I want you to look at it because... I did not realize this until I studied it. I just thought it was going, hey, let these things not be mentioned among you. Let's throw out a bunch of sins. But I didn't realize that all of those sins were sequential. They were all dependent upon the other one. And it starts with the one bitterness. Let all bitterness, then wrath, then anger. So let me explain. Bitterness is the rooted <clears throat> anger that's bottled up inside. It's the unresolved conflict. It is the, what did she mean by that? Or why did he say that? It, it gets into your heart. But the Bible says it doesn't stay there. That bitterness grows into wrath. Wrath is an outburst of anger. Out, wrath is when you're sitting there and you're talking with somebody and you roll your eyes and you turn the other way and somebody says, what's wrong? It's like, I'm not listening to that. It begins to become apparent in your life. Your heart begins to affect your actions. That's why it goes from bitterness to wrath. You raise your voice, body language. You say, I didn't mean anything by it. And other people are watching you, you do. Because it's already affected you. Then it goes into anger. That word anger means rage or constant stage of anger. Do, do you know what that is? Have you ever noticed when you, you don't think you're bitter towards somebody, but you, you want to know a self-test of that? When you lose all patience for that person. And all of a sudden, one of your close friends can do something and they can irritate you and you're able to brush it off. But this person over here does the exact same thing and you get mad about it. Who do you think you are? I'm sick of this or I'm going to walk out or whatever. That's what it's talking about. Anger. It's an outburst. And then clamor. Do you know what clamor is? 
say, well, is that the same thing? No, it's not. That's when you can't keep it to yourself. Misery loves company. If I'm going to be mad at a restaurant, let me tell you, I want other people to be mad at the restaurant. I want to prove to whatever place that, you know what, you're going to treat me that way or I'm going to get bad food or I'm going to get overcharged. I'll tell you what, I'd never eat there again. Or you go there, throw your money out. You may as well, you know, and we, we begin to spread that. Hey, that's one thing when we're talking about a restaurant, but I tell you, it's far worse when we're talking about a brother or sister in Christ. When all of a sudden, out of our lips, we're tearing somebody down constantly, constantly have negative things to say about them. The Bible says it's clamor. You know why? Because you love to come back and say, you know what? I don't like that person. I think they're a liar or a thief or this or that and say, well, I'm not the only one that feels that way. And then it goes to this. And the last thing in that list, it says evil speaking. Say, didn't we already cover that? No, there's one thing to complain about somebody, but let me tell you what happens at the end. It turns into evil speaking. That, that's things that you literally say to cause hurt. You ever been mad at somebody and you say something and later you think, oh my goodness, I can't believe I said that. I've heard some horrendous things that Christians have said to other Christians. Yeah, I, I've heard actually people say things like, well, that's probably why you're, you lost your daughter. No joke. I, no, no wonder you're divorced with that kind of, and all, I mean, things like that. You're thinking, well, I'm just trying to prove a point. No, you just stuck a dagger in a, in a brother and sister's back. Those words have an effect because I promise you, if there is a place that should be safe and loving, it should be brothers and sisters in Christ. But when we get to the point where we're so mad at somebody, you say, I would not do that. Don't trust your flesh. You allow bitterness to build up in your heart. Give it time. I promise you, that unresolved conflict, that anger, that frustration you have to somebody, you will be saying some awful things against a brother in Christ that you never thought you would say. Sin always does this. When bitterness is present in our lives, it constantly seeks opportunity to get even. We're constantly looking for an opportunity to point out wrong with that person. Well, there they go. I'm not surprised. Or they had that coming to them. You know what the Bible says? Love envieth not. Love is kind. Love is all those different things. It is the opposite of bitterness. Literally meaning that our love towards one another is I see somebody fall, even if they've done me wrong, I run to them to pick him up. He said, where do we get that attitude? From what he did for us. When we stumbled, when we fell, even while they were screaming out for his death, Jesus said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It's the opposite. But we have the attitude, you spite me, I will spite you back. It's cancer. For the local church. You say well that's not me. I'm not bitter. Look again at chapter 4 verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is the use of edifying. Let me just ask you a little self test. Ask yourself this. If the words that you say concerning that person corrupt. Do they edify or they tear down? Are you encouraging them? Maybe not even to their face, but to somebody else. Are you tearing them down or are you building them up? You say, why is this a big deal? Keep reading. Verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. That word grieve right there means to distress or cause grief. 
You want to know why we could literally get to the place where we could fill the church and preach the gospel and sit there and say, hey, the world's going to hell and the world needs Jesus and the world is turning the other way? If there's an absence of the working of the Spirit of God, it could be our fault. Because Christians have quenched the Spirit of God. Where they come in here, an altar worker over here will not talk to altar worker over here. And choir member over here won't talk to choir member over here. And usher there, and usher there. And, and I mean, it just, it just happens. And you say, nobody knows about it. God knows about it. And the Bible says it quenches, grieves the Holy Spirit of God. Let me go back to where I began. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there ought to be liberty. Freedom for the, the Lord to be able to sit there and go from heart to heart and pew to pew and chair to chair and person to person and usher to usher and choir member to choir member. Where there's a unity among, amongst us. Where we love and people can tell the love. But what in the world if they're going to come in here and they experience that in a bar and they experience the same junk in the church? Do not quench it. The Bible says, how, is, how are you going to have the Spirit of God working in your life if there's bitterness? How is that going to affect your children when, when the Spirit of God is quenched in your life? So let's get to the main point. And that is removing bitterness. Let's go back. The Bible says, be angry, Ephesians 4, 26. Be angry and sin not. But now listen to this. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. You know what that was saying? That was just saying very practically, deal with it. I don't know what she meant by that. Confront it. I, 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 think, I think she's upset with me. Ask them. And I, I'm speaking to the choir. Let me tell you guys right now, do not ignore what I'm saying right now because this 100% applies to every breathing person in here right now. It does. You will sit there and all of a sudden, a year later, will not have talked to somebody or avoiding somebody and you're kind of, and you say, man, we haven't talked forever and be honest, I thought you were upset with me. If you would have asked them a year ago, you would have found out that they weren't. But it says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Somebody gave me some good advice about something. I, I tell you what, instant messenger is great, and email is great, and Facebook is great, and text message is great. But I'm telling you, there's some things that don't need to be dealt with by keypads. Sometimes it just needs to be you going to them and you being honest and you saying, and this is one thing that people have said, what if I'm wrong? The only thing that's going to happen is they're going to know that you love them enough to make sure that there was nothing wrong. Go to a brother and sister in Christ and go to them and say, hey, maybe there's nothing wrong, but I just wanted to make sure. You think they're going to be offended? That you wanted to make sure that your friendship was good? That you confirmed to them that you love them? No. I'm not saying the devil won't be fighting. But you do it God's way, God will be exalted. God will be lifted. Unity will be brought in. Don't assume, clarify. We've got to guard our hearts. Attack the issue before it takes root. Simple question of, hey, what did you mean by that? Hey, when you said that, it did hurt me. And I just wanted you to know, I don't want this to fester up in me. Ephesians 4.31, let all bitterness and wrath and, amor, uh, and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. You sit there and say, well, that's great. The Bible just says, do away with it. Get it out. Throw it out. No, it doesn't, it doesn't stop there. Thank God the Bible is very descriptive. It's, it's an instruction manual, manual for our lives. The solution, verse 32. And be ye kind one to another, 
tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven you. Because let me tell you, the reason that it said, quench not the Spirit of God and all those other things, it is telling you that bitterness in your life is a spiritual issue. Spiritual issues or spiritual problems need a spiritual solution. And the Bible says this is how you do it. I'm not saying this is easy. I'm not saying that it's, it, it totally goes against our flesh. But you, oftentimes we do the opposite. We go head to head in debates. Let me tell you, you'll never get anywhere in a debate. You sit there and I, I'm telling you guys sometimes, and I, I tell the staff and us all the time, man, so many will throw out something terribly ne- uh, negative on, on Facebook. And man, the first thing you want to do is, rah, 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 and I sit there and you guys, back off. Back off. You want to show them love? Let them know how you feel, but don't do it publicly. Did you guys hear me? Don't do it publicly. Don't go to everybody else and don't sit there and chatter in the hallways or chatter in the car or sit there and do all that. Go to them. Because I'll tell you, it might be where Satan gets defeated in your life because you were defeated, because you brought it out and said, man, I was wrong. But you already stopped off at two other people. You started two more fires. And Satan says, you go ahead. You already started two fires. I'll just work on these two. Go to them. The Bible says, here's how you do it. Be ye kind. Number one, the solution to bitterness is kindness. This, mean, this word means to, 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 uh, to graciously be kind. Kindness is the opposite of bitterness. It's kind of like if you ever overdo the lemon in your water. And you sit there and you, you put it in there and you go, man, that's really bitter. It's amazing what you can do just to take a packet of sugar and you put it in there and you mix it up. And all of a sudden something that was horribly bitter becomes something beautiful. Some, something that made you pucker and put it away and say, man, that's, that's completely sour. And just so you guys know, that's what bitterness is. Bitterness is when a situation in your life sours in your heart. Where all of a sudden you take kindness and you pour that kindness into your heart. And you're saying, man, I, I don't want to do that. Let me tell you. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 43. You have heard it said uh, that it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Kindness will not change the lie that was spoke about you. It will not change that situation. But it will change their heart. You cannot go back in time and change what happened. But you can invest in them to where, where it doesn't happen again. It's amazing what a soft, kind word or action can do to somebody. Just to simply stop off and give them a coffee or stop in the lobby and give them a card or send them a message and just say, I love you and I think the world of you. You say, wait a minute, I thought there was tension or whatever there. Extinguish it with an act of kindness. It is hard to be mad at somebody when they're being nice to you. It's hard. And you say, why did you put it in there? Because God said to, and sometimes, you know what we have to do? We have to crucify our flesh. Because we're sitting there going, oh, I want to be mad, and I want to beat them up, and I want to stab them in the back. But you turn around and say, but instead, what did you do? I, bought, I brought them lunch, or I did this, or I do that. Man, you crucify the flesh. And it melts the heart of the other person. And you say, how do you know? Because God wrote it. The second thing he said, he said, kindness, tenderhearted, That word means sympathetic or compassionate. To notice the needs of somebody else. Do do you realize, let me tell you guys the honest truth about something. When somebody says something evil, ill about you, 
there is probably a reason. They say, yeah, because they don't like me or this or that. No, have you ever realized that a lot of times when somebody says something smart about your marriage, it might be because they're losing theirs? When somebody says something and they're really upset about your child, it could be because they're upset about their child or they're stressed out at home, or they're going through a divorce, or they're losing their job, or they just got a notice saying that they're going to lose their home. You say, well, that doesn't give them the right. You're right. It doesn't make it right. But I tell you, it can go from an opportunity of being bitter to an opportunity of you helping make them better. It's all in how you handle it. All of a sudden, that is an outburst. And just so you guys know, we all do it. You put a little pressure on your people and you get aggravated and, and I've had weeks like that. I, I've had times like that even this week, running behind VBS, having to be here, having to go home and change and shower, be on the stage at this time. And people, you, just, you, just, you just get upset. And sometimes we just cut them off rather than God saying, that was an opportunity to show grace. I brought them in your path to show them love. They're about to throw in the towel. You could have helped them. You could have loved them. You could have lifted them up. But instead, you just got mad at them. Show them kindness. The Bible says, be tenderhearted. Let your heart be in touch with what's going on. And here's the third thing. And I tell you, we learned this straight from God. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another. You know how? Even as for Christ's sake had forgiven you. Christ forgave us when we did not deserve it. You know what forgiveness is? It's going to that person, and no matter what, when they're sitting there and they're telling you that they were mad or upset or they did this for this reason, whatever it was, and you turn around and say, let me just say this. I love you more than that situation, and I forgive you for saying it. Well, wait, wait, no, here's the thing. Forgiving means that you take that bitterness and you cast it to the side. It, it, it means it does it, you can't erase time. And a lot of people say forgive and forget. Let me tell you guys just the honest truth. You cannot forgive and forget. You don't wipe your memory but I tell you, you can, you can heal that scar up to where it's just scar tissue, but it doesn't hurt anymore. And that's what forgiveness does. When we, when we apply these simple principles, we can have the life like a man named Joseph. You talk about having a reason to be bitter. I mean, I mean, come on, let's think about that. He was betrayed by his own family. He was robbed. He was lied about, sold as a slave. Every horrible thing that you could possibly think about. You guys know the story. He went down and his brothers needed him. He showed kindness and love. Kindness, forgiveness, and love to his brother. You think about all those things. Exactly the description of what the Bible says. And he turned around and he said, you might have meant it for evil, but God made lemonade out of it. It's exactly what God did. We can either allow situations in our life to make us better, to strengthen relationships, to go to that mother-in-law, their father-in-law, that grandparent, that friend in church, that co-worker, whoever it is, and just say, hey, things have been tense between us, and I don't know why. Or we haven't spoke. The other day I was walking down the hallway, and it looked like you turned around and went the other way. I just want to make sure everything's okay. You say, you know what, I just thought you were mad at me too. I thought you were mad at me. You just, all of a sudden, unity, unity, unity. You know why I'm saying this? Because the church needs unity. Unity. There's enough division out there. Do not give place to the devil in here. I am not preaching this for any specific reason. Like I said, the Lord laid this on my heart over a week ago. And I just, I just had to trust God as I'm going through Bible school and I'm saying, man, this is what I'm preparing to preach. And I'm just saying this to you guys. 
We have to keep this right in here because they need us out there. 